Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. We are one step closer to having the program back up on social media. Got some new studio lights here and just kind of testing some things out here behind uh, behind the microphone today. And it is a lot better. Let's just say that. So welcome to the program, folks. It's good to be here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts? Questions, feedback, opinions, adoration, and praise always accepted at that email address, Todd at ToddFShow.com. Um, I'll also tell you off the top, if you haven't joined our online community, I know it's been a little bit in a holding pattern uh, because we're going to use that for several things, one of which is just to update you on just what's going on. If you're interested, this is something that's not for all of you. Um but just updating you on what's happening with the Truth Tour. Um, we're in the early stages of this, but we are um, not currently in Indiana. We're outside of, actually, I guess in Sarasota, Florida for a time, and then we head over to Okeechobee and then back a little bit north into northern Florida. We'll have some pictures and things that we'll share on there about um, about the trip, but other things as well, right? Uh, but you can follow that. Find out more about that by going to community.tothuffshow.com. So, I want to start today with a, well, I want to start by talking about some comments that were made. This, it, it is truly astonishing. It's not in one sense, right? I mean, this is predictable in one sense, but in another sense, it is... Um, it's still astonishing, I guess, to, to hear, right? To, to witness and to behold what the CDC is now saying as it pertains to COVID-19. And this was done on, what station was this? This was Good Morning America yesterday morning. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky was talking with the reporter. I don't – what do you call these folks? Probably uh, Democrat propag- – I shouldn't say that. I don't know who – but just statistically speaking, Democrat propagandist at Good Morning America. That's not intended to be directed at her. I, I'm just playing the odds here because I don't know this particular um, individual. I don't watch – I don't watch that show. I'm just telling you the odds uh, that this person, um, that this journal – well – the person, the odds of person's a journalist is is beyond. I mean, just barely. We get a tiny sliver of possibility of that, just based upon the types of people that we have <clears throat> in mainstream media today. But she's talking with Doctor Walensky about COVID nineteen, asking some questions, and it's at the end of this conversation, which we'll play the soundbite probably next next segment. But she says here, Doctor. Walensky 
Remember that uh, soundbite we played? I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday, where she was talking with Brett Bear, and Brett Bear asked her, um, out of the eight hundred and what was it? Oz, you remember the number eight hundred and thirty thousand deaths from COVID? Do you remember? Oz doesn't remember. 830-some thousand deaths, 838 maybe, thousand deaths from COVID-19. Maybe you can look that up. Um, He asked her how many of those deaths were from COVID versus with COVID, right? We went through this yesterday. I don't want to repeat all of that. You can listen to yesterday's program. It's on – it's digital. It's on Facebook now as well if you want to listen to podcasts there, but it's on – iHeart Radio, it's on Spreaker, it's on TuneIn, it's on Spotify, and you can listen. You can go back and listen. I don't want to go through all of those 836,000 deaths. And the reason that that question was asked was because a few weeks ago, back at the end of the year, Dr. Fauci had talked about um, children who had been hospitalized, and he made the point for the first... The first time that I'm really aware that he made this point, differentiating something that we have differentiated, we've talked about on this program for quite some time, apparently ahead of the curve here. Maybe we do more science on this program than Dr. Fauci, but um, we talked about the differences between people you know, who are counted as COVID deaths or hospital, whatever the numbers, whether it's just infections, uh, well, maybe not infections, you can hospitalizations, let's say, and, and deaths. If you, if you had COVID and you were in the hospital, is are you there because of COVID or are you there for something else and you happen to get tested for COVID and you have COVID? Those are two different things, right? I mean, and it, you can say these things without minimizing, diminishing COVID-19, right? You know, or taking any of the I'm saying that it's not a real disease. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying, I've been very consistent on this, COVID-19 hospitalizations, there's a difference between being hospitalized from the effects of COVID-19 itself or going to the hospital for something else to find out that you have COVID. You didn't even know it maybe. Or maybe COVID, and along with the other ailments that an individual had together, uh, maybe it exasperated um, those conditions or whatever, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that, that happen in these sorts of scenarios and situations. So, And so Brett Bear, well, let's go back to Fauci. Fauci said that the children, right, the children with COVID in the hospital didn't necessarily mean that they were there because of COVID. They could have been there for, as he said, a broken leg, an appendicitis, um, other uh, a host of other things, and then while there, they were tested and found that they had they had COVID, which makes the numbers of COVID hospitalizations go up. And Dr. Fauci was saying, "Well, you know, that's really not the case because these situations are you're, you're there for COVID, you're there for your broken leg, you have COVID. That's not a COVID. That's a terrible impression, but you get the idea. You're not there for COVID. You're there with COVID." And so then Brett Baer presses, as he should, kudos, by the way, to the journalist who actually asks uh, ask real questions of these uh, jokers in 
Washington, D.C., people running these uh, three-letter agencies and so forth. And kudos to them for actually asking questions to people like Jen Psaki and the other members of the swamp. Anyhow, so Brett Baer asks Dr. Walensky how many of these people of the 836,000 deaths from COVID were actually from COVID or with COVID. And she, again, as I played yesterday and was mesmerized by the just, it's been two years. They act like they didn't even have the, they had no idea. She wants you to think that they do have an idea. She just didn't have it handy. She says that takes a couple weeks to put this data together, but it's taken a couple of years. He wasn't asking for data from last week. He was asking for data from the past two years, and she didn't have it. She didn't have any information whenever Brett Bear asked her specific questions. But that was what happened over the weekend, and then yesterday morning, she goes, she, Dr. Walensky, goes on ABC's Good Morning America and makes this astonishing statement astonishing statement over 75 percent over at least 75 percent that's three out of every four people who have died from covid were those with at least folks four comorbidities now pause 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 for a moment this does not this does not diminish the Havoc that COVID-19 has wreaked on the lives of some families, individuals, our country. The, 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 the toll is, is real. This is not minimizing. This is not, it's not saying that those deaths are any less significant. But it is, diff- it is making a key differentiation. It is saying that three at least over she says over 75% who knows that may mean 80% i don't know this administration is not good with numbers most socialists are not or they would be not they wouldn't be socialists but they don't they don't give us the actual number it could be 80% could be 90% who knows i don't know i'm not making that claim i'm just saying that it's over 75% had at least four comorbidities. Four. And you think about what that really what that really means. I mean, we're talking about everything from obesity to I mean, it could include cancer, it could include HIV, it could include autoimmune diseases. It could include uh, diabetes. Right, I mean, the, the list goes on and on, but it's not just that people have one or two or three comorbidities who have been dying from COVID-19. It is people who have had at least four. Now, again, that that doesn't mean that COVID wasn't a factor. Or that that's not that's not what I'm saying. But what it, what we are saying, what we are saying is that the things that conservative voices, dare I say pro-science voices, have been saying from the beginning. Not all. I'm not saying all because there's there's been some kooky things that's been said by all sorts of different people. But when we looked at the data that we had from this, from this disease early on, we could tell that for most people, 
for younger and healthier people in particular, or even people that were moderately healthy, not people who were, I mean, four comorbidities is, includes people who are not in good health, right? I mean, this is these are people who have a series of serious health problems to begin with. Their lives are just as valuable as everyone else, right? I'm not saying any, I'm just saying, think about what we did. Think about if we would have been told that information early on. Think about even accounting for, because folks, we're two years into this thing almost. Even accounting for the time it took to figure out, which I'll give them some time, right? We didn't, I didn't expect them to know everything about COVID-19 the day that it hit. Actually, it went through our uh, house before, in February of 2020. We, we were kind of shocked uh, when my, my wife, um, from something at work, they had, they had someone there testing for antibodies, and she had the test, and she had the antibodies. Now, she had been sick, as I said, in February. I had been sick that February as well for, I don't know, it might have hit me for a week for, for me. Thank goodness, right? Thank God it was just um, fatigue, pretty extreme fatigue. I, I don't sleep a whole lot, and it put me on my backside. I think I was sleeping 14 hours a day for probably three or four days uh, and, and body aches. I didn't really have a cough. I didn't really have a fever. It affected my wife a little bit, uh, a little bit longer, I think. But um, she, she was, you know, fine as well. She did it. It was um, she had all she had weird symptoms as, as well. I think she even had. Remember early on there was a, a pink eye sort of infection. She even was suffering from from that. Anyway, but we. We didn't expect early on for them to understand, them being the CDC, the government, the governors, Trump, whoever, right? Even Vice Pre- or, uh, excuse me, former Vice President Biden at the time, candidate Biden. I didn't expect him to know all the answers, although when he would get on the debate stage, this is what bothers me. When he would get on the debate stage, he would tell you, tell me, tell Democrat voters, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. Come on, man. Let me give it to you straight. All the stupid things he says. I'm going to shut down the virus. And so, okay, big guy, tough guy, are you succeeding in that particular area? I mean, by your own criteria, you have failed miserably by how this has been how how this has been handled. I've said from the beginning, it doesn't it's not contingent upon what Biden does or what Trump did. Right. This is a virus that I mean, we need to know information and get information from the CDC, which candidly, we didn't get this information. This should this should tick Americans off, my friends. This should tick the United States of America. The average citizen should be infuriated by this because we completely destroyed some people. Well, to some degree, all people's lives for a moment of time. Right, we destroyed our economy. We destroyed, um, we destroyed our labor market. We destroyed. I mean, look, you look at inflation. All these things are directly connected to our initial response to COVID nineteen. And would it have not been important to know at the time? Now, again, I didn't expect them to know this in February of twenty twenty. 
But I would say by the end of 2020, they should have started to figure this out. That's still over a year ago. How many other draconian measures have been introduced and levied upon the American people since that particular point in time? How many? How many times has Florida been mocked and ridiculed by radical leftists who, by the way, want to come down here in droves? I say here because that's where I currently am. But they want to come down to Florida in droves. They want to buy houses here. They want to go party maskless, yet they want to say that you have to wear a mask, right, everywhere else in their cities like AOC, who, by the way, has now uh, come down with a positive COVID test. But that's, I mean, look, the bottom line is, the bottom line is they either didn't know this information, which I find very unlikely. I think it's much more likely that they did not tell the American people this. And why? We have to ask why. Why did they not tell us this? Right? Why? I mean, constitutionally, if you read the preamble of the Constitution, it kind of gives the generalization for what the government is supposed to be doing. Provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare. It's not provide general welfare. It's not force people to be generally, you know, take take care of themselves. It's promote. It's to to let people to give information, to be a conduit for information so that people can make decisions that are good for their own personal well-being. And you're not able to do that if you're not given the information, and we were not given the information. This is critically important information. Just in the past week, just in the past week, we've had the health department minister from Denmark, I'm going to say the week, past week or two, say that this this is the end of COVID-19. I'm just sharing with you what they're saying because 3 billion people or whatever are going to contract Omicron, and it's going to basically create a herd immunity of sorts to additional variants. And, and it's Good that we get this one because it's the least fatal from what we've seen from this so far. It's it's the safest one for us to actually contract. We've had the New York Times out there stumbling in the truth, saying that numbers from, from Omicron are comparable to the flu, maybe even less severe than the flu, the seasonal flu. Right? I mean, this is in the past couple of uh, past couple of weeks. We've had Fauci acknowledge that not all hospitalizations that are counted as COVID hospitalizations are actually COVID hospitalizations. All all this ultimately means, and I'll tell you, I'll go through this after the break, but what this ultimately means is that um, it's not in their advantage politically. I, I hate to say this, but it is no longer in their advantage politically to make this an issue. They know that this has uh, this has been this has been bad politically on Biden, and they've got to they've got to square things up and clean them up before we get to the 2020 midterms. And so they've made calculations here. They've reduced the amount of time that you um, have to be what not, uh, quarantined or whatever uh, if if you've had COVID 19. And so they've they've just decided. Look, we've and again. I'm not saying it was a fake illness. I am saying that there are people that look to politicize all these things. And the people that did that have realized they've kind of come to the end of their rope as far as what they can get away with. Because the Americans who haven't gotten vaccinated have dug in the trenches. The rest of the world, the people that have gotten vaccinated have seen that this is still 
not going away in spite of vaccinations. People still get it who are vaccinated. There's still cases of people getting hospitalized and passing away who even are vaccinated. They're blaming the unvaccinated for this, which is just insanely ridiculous to me. Anyway, I want to play the soundbite from her when we get back, talk about this a little bit more. Quick time out, my friends. Long in this first segment, as per usual, sit tight back in just a minute. Back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by someone I'm I'm pleased to call a friend, Greg Hubler Chevrolet in Camby, in beautiful Camby. I'm in Florida, so I can say beautiful cold Camby, <laughs> but beautiful Camby um, has dealerships also Muncie and Marion um, as well. That's where we got uh, one of our well our Ford. Our Ford pickup, which we're using to pull our fifth wheel around the country. And I'm telling you, I, I think the world of Greg, Greg treats people right. I I thoroughly have enjoyed getting to know him, and he does uh, – I can't say enough nice things about Greg. I feel this way about a lot of our <laughs> of our advertisers too. I, I tell folks, I, I, I am blessed to have some of the best people that I am aware of advertise on this program and greg is one of those if you're in the market for a car used or new consider reaching out to my friend greg hubler in canby if you want look if you're looking for maybe that's that's a chevy dealership there's ford he's got all sorts of options for you check him out greg hubler chevy.com for more information be sure to tell him you heard about them on the todd huff show so i want to play this soundbite I want to play this sound by Dr. Uh, Walensky. I just, <laughs> she just so casually, and, and it's just so blasé the way that she says this. And by the way, listen to listen to the way the question is phrased. I mean, I just I think back to when Trump was in office. And if there was any good news whatsoever, any good news whatsoever, it was usually framed um, in the worst possible way ever. But not only that, um, if if Trump and had a disagreement with, say, the American Medical Association, as Biden CDC does here, right? Biden CDC, the, the American Medical Association has come out and said that we think this is confusing. Some of these changes to the ten day versus five day quarantine stuff, which I won't. All this stuff isn't in the soundbite, but I'm just I'm setting this up to say there's been a, a radical change here in the way that this has been discussed, right? The way that this has been presented in the media. And you can tell that they are, that they have kind of decided we're not, we're not going to get into COVID politics anymore. One of the things I skipped last segment when I was saying the things that have changed um, regarding COVID in politics, regarding COVID in the media, one of the things, remember Biden a couple of weeks ago back over the Christmas holiday told the governors that this COVID doesn't have a federal solution. Since when, since when does a Democrat think that about anything? Since when does a radical leftist think that any problem whatsoever does not have a federal solution? I mean, that's what these these folks, this is their life. This is, this is their religion for the... The godless radical love. What do you mean they don't have the answer? Of course they have the answer. The answer is more of their ideas, more of their 
taking over your life, my life, taking more of our money, making decisions on our behalf because we're too stupid to figure out how brilliant these wizards of smart are. Hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh for that phrase, one of my all-time favorite nicknames. My all-time favorite nickname that Rush did, I think, was John Kerry, who served in Vietnam. He would hit that so perfectly. He, I don't even think he knew he was saying it half the time. He was, It was just so ingrained in his habits. <laughs> when he would mention John Kerry, he would... He would say that, oh, another name I enjoyed, of course, this is probably because uh, of my family history, but Focahontas, when he called Elizabeth Warren Focahontas, that may have been the most brilliant nickname in the history of politics as far as I'm concerned. But I also liked, as did my wife, calling these radical leftists who think they know everything about everything and that they should pass a law and that you should follow it and I should follow it and just let them figure out all of our lives was the nickname The Wizards of Smart. The Wizards of Smart. But here's The Wizards of Smart now telling us suddenly things have changed and they just kind of, without even an apology, without any recognition, uh, recognition of what they've done to the people who didn't fall into this category and how they've destroyed, destroyed lives, how they've psychologically impacted children who have to be, have been forced to, I mean, kids, folks, we have three children and we don't, we're not, look, we try to teach, you know, just wash your hands, just in general, not that, not that kids should never have dirt in their hands or whatever, but just in general, let's wash our hands before we eat sort of thing. I'm not going to sit here and fret about all these things, but you know, if you're coughing, cover. If you have a fever, you know, you, you'll stay home, sort of thing, right? I mean, just kind of the common sense stuff. But this has affected children and families. This has affected people. I remember pe- people were basically asking Biden and the administration and the CDC, "When can I hug my grandchildren again? What on earth have we allowed to have happen here?" But here's Dr. Walensky. Again, I want you to listen to this question, how much different it sounds being asked of a Biden administration official versus the Trump administration official. And then just listen to the casual response here as she throws out numbers that should blow everybody's mind. You about those encouraging headlines that we're talking about this morning, this new study showing just how well vaccines are working to prevent severe illness. Given that, is it time to start rethinking how we're living with this virus, that it's potentially here to stay? The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. This um, means not only just to get your primary series, but to get your booster series. Um, and yes, we're, we're really encouraged um, by these results. Dr. Walensky, thanks so much. How does that, by the way, how does that mean that? How does 75%, at least more than 75% of Americans who have died from COVID-19 from the beginning, 75, I'm going to do the math, 75% of 836,000, or let's do it this way. Let's do 25% of 836,000. This is 209,000 people who died from COVID did not have did not have four or more comorbidities. 209,000 people fell into that into that category. 200 which again, folks, I'm not minimizing any death. I I 
I don't even like talking about these things quickly because it can come across so callous. That's not at all how I mean this. I'm just saying we've been we've not been told the story here. And they and they plan on moving past this, you know, pushing this off, you know, to the side and moving on to the next thing like nothing ever happened. And we should demand answers for this. This we have our entire economy has changed because of this. I mean, companies have gone out of business. People's lives have been ruined in more ways than one. And yes, through the virus, but also economically, business-wise, personally. I mean, there's been depression and suicide, all these things. All these things that they just suddenly, yeah, you know, well, 75% of these folks who passed away from COVID-19, at least, had four or more comorbidities. She just throws that in there and just, you know, acts like that's no news. Of course, that's major news. Why didn't we know this? Why are we kept in the dark on this? Why were we told, why are people are, there are still people terrified, absolutely terrified to go outside to breathe? It's sad, folks. And these folks are responsible for this. Will they be held accountable? Not by the media, not by their party. They're on to bigger and better things, politically speaking. Time to push this aside and focus on something else. But we can't let them get away with this. This is an atrocity, what they ha- has been perpetrated here on the American people, on you and on me. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I don't know how, but Kamala Harris has found a new communications director. She's having more people quit there. Uh, quit working for her than I even knew that she had working for her. She can't keep anyone employed. You know, it's funny, an administration that brags on creating 550,000 jobs has actually lost jobs in his own vice president's office, which is which is a remarkable feat to have accomplished. But this is an article from Fox News. I want, I want Twitter on this. Twitter, fact checkers, people on social, Facebook, Get your teams together and be prepared to banish Jamal Simmons. This is who is Kamala Harris's new communications director. Get ready to banish him from your social media platforms. He is out there. He is out there undermining our election integrity. And he's been doing it for almost 10 years. Folks, in fact, you could probably make the case he's been doing this for over 20 years because he references George W. Bush's election over Albert Al Gore Jr. in 2000. This is a tweet. I'm looking at this Fox News article. This is a tweet from June 15th, 2012. Uh, He says this, I worked for Gore 2000. This is Jamal Simmons. This is Kamala's new communications, I'm sorry, Uh, Yeah, communications director. He was the deputy communications director for Gore Lieberman back in 2000, for those of you that are like me, old enough to remember that. So he says, I worked for Gore in uh, 2000 and believe W's first term to have been, get ready for this, folks. Get Get ready for the howling to start. Get ready for the demands for censorship. Get ready to, 
you know, bring back the metaphorical political prisons. I don't know. This guy, need, we need to deal with this immediately because our democracy hangs in the balance. I've, I've been told from tweets like this. The word is illegitimate. He believes W's first term was illegitimate from this tweet dated June 15th, 2012. Although I will say this, kudos to Mr. Simmons for saying when he was in the room with W, he stood and gave the office respect, whatever, but okay. Then in January of 2017, when people were boy, remember this? People were boycotting Trump's inauguration. Remember that? When cars were on fire, businesses were trashed in Washington, D.C. Remember that? Back before, we're told that Trump ushered in all this hatred and all this animosity and all this chaos and None of this happened, apparently, before Trump became... Uh, Trump was the one that called, uh, used the dog whistle to call these folks out of the woodwork. Of course, it happened at his inauguration. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're only supposed to focus on January 6th. You're not supposed to pay any attention to what happened in places like Ferguson, Missouri, or Kenosha, Wisconsin, or take your pick, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, that actually was another country for a while. Part of it, Chaz or Choppy, had their own country until they ran out of what, lemon, lemonade and orange wedges, Capri Suns, had to run back to mommy to get their underwear washed when they lived in the basement. But that was another country for a while. I remember one of those search engines, I forget which one it was. So one of the search engines like Expedia. It might, it might not have been Expedia, but one of those like Expedia. You could literally search for travel options to the great nation of Chaz. I kid you not. I remember reading this. Anyway, so we're supposed to believe all that just, I mean, you know, that none of that matters. All that matters is, is January 6th and that was an insurrection and blah, blah, blah. And we're only supposed to believe that Trump's the one that causes people to undermine our democracy, tearing our democracy apart at the seams. Well, if Twitter wants to be consistent here, they need to ban. They, I'm calling for a ban on Jamal Simmons this instant. This these tweets are dangerous. We cannot have the vice president's communications director calling a former presidency illegitimate. What is going to happen to our democracy, my friends? I mean, this we're, we're crumbling at the seams here because of this dude's tweets. I mean, isn't that the consistent thing to do? Isn't that what we should do? Isn't that what they're doing? Seems to me if they want to be consistent, they should, they would be losing their minds over this, the word illegitimate. Can you imagine today if I utter the words Joe Biden's president is illegitimate? Just hypothetically speaking, if I were to utter those words, can you imagine the outcry, the demands to shut down the show, Facebook, YouTube, all of you folks, blacklist this guy, take him down, danger to our democracy and all this other stuff. Now we have the communications director for Kamala, who's been saying these things probably since 20, 2000, 22 years ago now. Just, I mean, remarkable stuff. Quick time out. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I just want to mention this here in the, oh, as the program begins to come to an unfortunate end here today. Right, as we, I know how difficult that must be to not be able to continue to listen to this program when it's over for the day. But fear not, we'll be back tomorrow. But I wanted to share 
wanted to share here. Joe Biden, this is a headline in Breitbart. Joe Biden plans anger. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just, these things entertain me to no end. Joe Biden plans angry speech in Georgia attacking voter integrity laws. So Biden, this is a speech, uh, what is it, on Thursday? Wait a minute, no, no, no. No, it's today. I misread. I thought this said Thursday. Joe Biden is planning a dramatic speech on voting rights in Georgia on Tuesday today, focusing on the newly passed election integrity laws in the state. So he's going to go down there and he's going to do his best, again, to be a Democrat, to put on a performance, to misrepresent what's in the voter integrity laws the state of Georgia passed, and then to misrepresent what is in the state. Stupid, out-of-control, unconstitutional so-called For the People Act, which they have tried to pass on the American people for some for some time now. They're really mad at Cinema and Mansion now for not going along with their plans to do away with the filibuster temporarily so that they can pass the For the People Act to save our democracy. Oh, to save our democracy. As they bring in, as they watch their vice president bring in, as I talked about last segment, a communications director who has undermined our election laws for over 20 years, our, our elections. He has delegitimized former administrations for over 20 years. Forget the fact, who knows what he said about Trump and Russian collusion, right? I mean, that's that's where all this stuff really began to take off and have a you know, life of its own, so to speak. But here we are. Biden is going to be yelling at the camera tomorrow. Can't wait. Probably talk about that tomorrow as well. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I just, you know, as I, as I look at this, as I look at what we were talking about last segment here with Biden's angry speech. I mean, th- this is... <laughs> This is just absurd what we're subjected to each and every day um, in in politics, especially when the Democrats are running the show. This is this is their last chance to win. They've they've not accomplished anything, thank goodness. They've accomplished a couple of small things, but they've not accomplished the meat of their agenda, which literally may be saving this country. And this is the this is what they're trying to do to ensure that they win. Otherwise, they're going to get shellacked in November, and they know it. And Biden's got to pretend to be mad about it. Quick, I got to go, folks. STG, see you tomorrow. Take care.